When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Wiggins turns, jump up, yes, and one! Wiggins ends up on his back. He'll get up, head to the line, and a chance for three. Curry, right corner three. It's good! Their first triple of the second half, and the Warriors now lead by 14. L.A. still leading the series 3-2 as we head south to Los Angeles for a sixth game on Friday night. If we can get out to a good start, I think we'll be in great shape and give ourselves a chance to come out with a win on the road. Oh, hit that NBA music. That's our friend and yours, Mark Kestisher, on the ESPN Radio call. Right now on ESPN Radio, it's Canty and Carlin, as well as on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. I'm Randy Scott. He's Mike Rothstein. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. You can join the conversation on a packed day for NBA postseason basketball. The CC call in line, one eight 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 say espn 888-729-3776. Of course, we are also uh, continuing the conversation about the NFL schedule now that we have it after a, a wild release day. Uh, which matchup do you have circled on your calendar? Uh, which online release from the social media teams of the NFL teams was best uh, in your eye, in your opinion? Uh, following up on what Doug Brown just told us in the Sports Center update, Andrew Wiggins questionable with a rib cartilage fracture. Did you know you could fracture your rib cartilage? Because Andrew Wiggins does. Um, It's the left coastal cartilage, which sounds, you know, it sounds important. Uh, That's an area of the rib cage. (laughs) It's unclear uh, when the injury occurred. Adrian Wojnarowski saying the belief is that he's going to try and play in game six tonight. Uh, Kendra Kendra Andrews is going to join us uh, as well in this program. But Kendra informing Woj, along with other sources, saying he's going to go through Wiggins will his pregame routine, uh, see how the ribs feel prior to tip-off. Regardless, shooting will be a challenge. Oh, is that all, Michael? Just shooting for a guy who was instrumental in the Game 5 win for Golden State. It seems like it might be something that's important, Randy Scott. <laughs> how uh, how big of a loss? Being able to shoot, uh, that, <laughs> seems, that seems like in a game of basketball, it might be something that you would want to have happen. Unless you're, you know, I don't know, uh, Manute Bull or uh, Sean Bradley, you know, guys like that. Like if oh, you're, yeah. If you're not 7'7", seven, 7'6", seven, seven, you probably need, need to be able to shoot. Yeah, where you just don't have to, like, you know, lift your arms over your head. Andrew Wiggins had 25 points, in all seriousness, in Game 5. That was his most in any game this postseason. That was actually his third highest-scoring playoff game um, of his career. But he more than that, he defended LeBron James on 54 half-court matchups. This is according to Second Spectrum in the ESPN Stats and Information Group. That's the most by any player against LeBron in a playoff game since he joined the Lakers in 2018-2019. LeBron still got his, but he had to work for his. And then when Anthony Davis went out after catching that elbow from Kevon Looney, Wiggins' physicality defensively, uh, that was enough. And that was enough to clamp down on the Lakers scoring. It was enough to deliver us a game six. This one is in Los Angeles. We know about Golden State's road issues. All of that thrown in here. Is game six a must win for the Lakers or is it just a better not lose for the Lakers considering they could still have a game seven. It is a better not lose 
scenario. That That's, to me, the better way to put it. Because it's not a must-win simply because you have LeBron James and you have Anthony Davis. And both of those guys have shown in the past, obviously, particularly LeBron James, that in a Game 7 situation, they can carry a team. They can, they can make this happen. They both have that level of experience. They have championship experience. So... To me, it's a don't lose this game because this is a chance, especially if Andrew Wiggins doesn't play or he's clearly going to be hampered a little bit by his coastal cartilage in his rib. If he does, in fact, go, this is your chance to kind of end it before getting into that danger zone. So to me, it's more of a better not lose because of that situation, Randy. Mm -hmm. It's very similar, I think, in a lot of ways to what we saw last night with the Sixers and the Celtics where... It didn't feel like a must-win for the Sixers. It felt like a better not lose for the Sixers because of the talent that you have. But if you're the Lakers, end it tonight. You don't want to go into that Game 7 scenario because then maybe Wiggins is a little healthier. You you have a chance to, to end this. Do it if you are LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and company. Lakers are trying to become the seven, rather the second seven seed uh, to reach the conference finals since seeding began in 1984. They become the second lowest seed to reach the conference finals, uh, trailing only the 1999 Knicks. Now the Knicks, that was the strike shortened season or the work stoppage, I guess, lockout shortened season might be the best way to put it. Um, so they were really only a handful of games back of of the one seed that year, which was Miami. Um, so that's a little bit of a different situation. We know because we had the conversation on this show throughout the season. I mean, I think you know, Chris Carlin and Chris Canty, uh, Canty's a Lakers fan. Like we talked about the struggles of the Lakers. We talked about how this team was left for dead. The moves that they made at the deadline, you know, getting rid of Russell Westbrook, bringing in D'Angelo Russell and Jared Vanderbilt and, and bringing Malik Beasley and quite frankly, getting LeBron and AD back healthy. The fact that they're in this position is remarkable. And it just speaks to your point, Michael, don't play with your food. You've got the champs on the ropes. You've got the champs who won 11 regular season road games. All right, they were 11 and 30 away from the bay. They're coming to your building. You smacked them up the last time we were there. You smacked up Clay Thompson. Whatever they did to Clay has lingered for days now. And you've got a very limited Andrew Wiggins, who is their most engaged and athletic defender and offensive option. He is. He attacked the rim. He went at Anthony Davis at times when Steph would not. If you lose tonight, you don't need to to pack more than an overnight bag for Golden State. Your season's done. Yeah. Well, yes, their season is over if Golden State loses tonight. No, 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 no. If the Lakers lose, oh, tonight, you're talking about you talking about the Lakers. If losing the Lakers tonight, lose you think, tonight, you think they're done? You think they're wrap. done? I'm not there. I'm not. I'm just not there, Randy, because you have this guy. I've heard he's pretty good at the basketballs. At the basketball. The basketballs. I hear he's pretty good. He may, Randy. He may even be. I don't know. A top three player ever. Jason Tatum may disagree, but uh, top three player ever, LeBron James. As long as you have LeBron James on your team, I am not going to write out a team in a game seven. You, you can't. I agree. I'm not saying you write it. I'm not especially saying be, especially with the Warriors team where you know Wiggins will probably still be hurt in some way. Draymond Green is more technical foul Green now than he is Dray- the Draymond Green of old. I, I, I just no, I, I can't. I can't see it. I, I get why you're saying that, but I don't see it. When you look at what the Lakers have been able to do at home this postseason, which is win, that's all they've done. They're 5-0 and at home in these playoffs, and they haven't been close. They've been by better than 17.5 points. The last time they won their first six home games of a postseason was 2010. That was the fifth and final title 
for Kobe Bryant. They also, though, do have, under Kobe Bryant, uh, a series where they were up three games to one and lost. It was back in, in 2006. Warriors don't have uh, too much of a track record in that arena. It was back uh, against the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, where they were down three games to one and they came back and beat them. And then ultimately, you know, Kevin Durant joined uh, the Warriors in one of the, uh, if you can't beat them, you know, join them scenarios. Keep an eye on tonight, though. And this could be something that helps Golden State, Steve Kerr and company overcome the loss or at least the limitation of Andrew Wiggins. Keep an eye on Clay Thompson. Game six, Clay is a real thing. In his career, in Game 6, is averaging better than 35 points a game. When the Dubs have called on him in this point of a season and of a series, he has more than answered the bell. That, listen, we'll see what happens tonight. We really will. It's also this, when we're talking about the Warriors. If Wiggins can't go or if he's very limited, right? we'll, we'll learn more about that later, hopefully from Kendra Andrews when she joins us. But... If he is, this is where Steve Kerr, being one of the best coaches in the NBA, this is where he makes his money, because he figures out a way to deal with that, and he figures out a way to make up for that loss. You know, do you send Draymond Green more at LeBron James and try to rough him up a little bit because it's been a long series, a long playoffs? You do you maybe put Clay Thompson on him because of the length. I, I don't know what you do if you are Steve Kerr, but I imagine that that is what they are working on right now and have been working on for the last oh I don't know probably twenty four hours or so in case Andrew Wiggins can't go. Because that's 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 the game right there. If you can't figure out how to replace that, mm-hmm. cool, Golden State, congratulations. You're losing very symmetrically to how you played your season on the road. Steph hasn't been the uh, knockdown shooter. You know, hasn't been the dead scoring uh, threat that he's been through most of the regular season. More of a distributor in this series, averaging eight times per game, but if you have a limited Andrew Wiggins, who are you sharing the basketball to? If Clay is cold like he's been in recent games and Wiggins is limited, I mean, literally, with this rib cartilage issue, can't can't shoot. It's going to limit his shooting. Who is Steph going to share the ball to? If the Warriors win tonight, I think Steph has to go for at least 35 points, and, and we'll, see, uh, we'll see if that plays itself out. A reminder, the NBA playoffs are on ESPN Radio. Tune in tonight as the Lakers host the Warriors. It's presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 9.30 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Look at this. You hear this? You hear them bluebirds in Phoenix? Sheesh. Nuggets lead it by 30 at halftime. Let's go. Jokic back behind him over to Casey. Casey through the window. To, what a pass. Jump up and in. Pass by KCP. Wow. The Denver Nuggets blow out the Phoenix Suns for the second game in a row. The Denver Nuggets go to the Western Conference Finals. <laughs> and I need you. Michael Rothstein, Randy Scott with you. Holding on forever. Candy and Carlin, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. That is courtesy of Altitude Radio, <laughs> not our singing. Instead, no, that was the the radio call of the Denver Nuggets elimination, nay, eclipsing of the Phoenix Suns. And honestly, Michael, it was a total eclipse from the start. Uh, it was an 18-point first quarter lead for Denver. And then it was a 30-point halftime lead in Phoenix. No team had won on the road to that point of this series, and Denver came out and asserted itself. It was a 25-point win in all, second-largest series-clinching win in franchise history. And again, Altitude Radio had the call. There were boos early in this game in Phoenix for the Suns, 
who were eliminated in the conference semifinals in decisive fashion for the second straight season. When you look at this now, this season that you know where they land Kevin Durant as a tra- in a trade here, Michael Rothstein, how would you best characterize this Suns season? It was a two-year project. Always going to be a two-year project. Because that was how long everybody was kind of under contract for. Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, Durant, Devin Booker, at least. All there for two years. You got Kevin Durant. And Kevin Durant, that was coming back from injury and still injured, you didn't know when you were going to get him when you traded for him. You knew it was going to be a short window. And then the second Chris Paul gets hurt in this series and DeAndre Ayton gets not playing well and then gets hurt himself... It changed, I think, some of the metrics and the dynamics of this. This always felt like two years to me, Randy Scott. I know you're going to disagree with me here. I know you are. But I'm not like disappointed in this because it seemed like, hey, this year get as far as you can. See what happens. Next year's your money year. Next year's your year where everybody is theoretically going to be together. It's, oh man. Okay, Chris Paul just turned 38. Kevin Durant is going to turn 35 by the start of next season. Such as the window was, this was as good as it was going to get because that's how time works. That's how age works. Devin Booker Devin Booker is in his prime. Kevin Durant's prime is behind him. Kevin Durant's not going to even be eligible for certain awards in the NBA because of the time that he now consistently misses during a regular season. When you have him in your lineup, he is transcendent. He just wasn't last night. Had 23 points, wasn't enough. This turned into a two-man show for the Suns. And those two men didn't show. They, they, they didn't do what they had to do in order to extend the series. Devin Booker had 12 points last night. He's Now, he snapped a streak of 10 straight 25-point games, a franchise record. But the way and what they gave up, giving up Cam Johnson, giving up uh, uh, Mikael Bridges, among others, they gave up their rotational depth. Not just, yep. not just draft picks, not just end-of-the-bench guys, 10-11 guys. No, they gave up rotational depth. And they thought, that's fine, we're going to roll with this four. Because you stack up a healthy four of DeAndre Ayton, Chris Paul, Kevin Durant, and Devin Booker, you're like, our four matches up with anybody else's four. But there's age that you have to consider. CP3, CP38, he was 37 when this trade was made. You know, like you have to bank in and bake in for the fact you're going to miss time with these guys, and Kevin Durant missed it right off the bat. So to me, when this deal, if you're Matt Ishbia, and you and you pull the trigger on this deal getting done, you are thinking at the very least conference finals, let alone NBA finals. And you fell short of both of those bars with a with a, a roster that has three future Hall of Famers on it and DeAndre Ayton. That's a failure to me. Yeah, but okay, that that's great. I get I get where you're going. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> but if I if I told you last night at oh I don't know or yesterday afternoon at like three o'clock, hey. One of the, the teams that are playing tonight, their starting lineup is going to include Cameron Payne, Landry Schmidt, and Jock Landale. Do you think that that team would win a playoff game? No. No. You're okay. Right, you're right well, that, that. That, that is what the Phoenix Suns had. They had Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, and then Jock Landale, Cameron Payne, and Landry Schmidt. They played more guys off of their bench yesterday than they might have, I think, all postseason because of the fact that they had to eat up those minutes for Chris Paul, for DeAndre Ayton. That changes the dynamic of everything. And oh, yeah, by the way, they were still the four seed. The Nuggets were the one seed in the Western Conference, probably, maybe the best team in the NBA. The question with the Nuggets wasn't that whether or not they were good. It was how can they handle the playoffs. And we've seen so far they can handle the playoffs just fine. So that's why it's not a failure. They played to seed. 
It's not like the Suns were the two seed, were the one seed, then they got upended, and you're like, oh, no. Like, no, this is exactly what, the way it played to seed. Now, granted, some of that was due to trade, but also when you lose eight and you lose Paul and you're starting some of those other guys, that's not a recipe against a team that has been as dominant in these playoffs as the Nuggets have been. It's Michael Rothstein, Randy Scott, and for the guys, Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Kevin Durant was asked about this season, and we talk about whether or not it's a failure, whether or not it's a success, and, and I've got a, a, another point to make on that, but let's hear from the man himself from his post-game press conference. Trying to piece this together, um, maybe just speak to the challenge of all of that, and then you get in the playoff series where you don't have as much time as you would like against like a team that's really good. Yeah, if I provide context, it'll just be looked at as an excuse. We just got to be better next year. That's it. Man understands. He understands why he's there. He understands what the expectations are, and he understands that they fell short. I think. I think my my point here, Michael, is let's not apply the results that we know today with the conversation and the expectations at the start of the playoffs. This was a four seed, sure, but it was because Kevin Durant missed eight nine games with that ankle, that freak fluke ankle injury because someone didn't mop the floor correctly. You know what I mean? Remember he slipped pregame. So he still had the, you know, name tag syndrome, right? Like he was still so fresh with his team that they weren't quite sure exactly how to play together. You know, I mean, they were learning on the fly in the postseason. And I'm, I'm not excusing, to borrow sort of the mindset from Kevin Durant, I'm just explaining why perhaps they fell short, even with all that talent. Where do they go, though, now, Michael, from here? Because as we mentioned, DeAndre Ayton might have been exposed in this series, and Chris Paul's not getting any younger, and now coming off of the groin injury. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of questions uh, around the future of the Suns, Randy. There just are, because like you said, the age, Ayton, the Suns, to me, maybe the team that has the second most questions, third most questions, among like the kind of playoff contender, championship contender teams in the NBA this offseason. You can probably throw Boston in there with the Jalen Brown question, and then, uh, you know, depending how you feel about Atlanta, I guess, because they were a playoff team. Who knows what that roster is going to look like. The Suns have a ton of questions of what that's going to look like this offseason. They have work to do, and they have to decide exactly how much they're going to spend and how much they're going to go all in on next year versus maybe trying to do something else. Yeah, I, I, you know, DeAndre Ayton has a has a real has a real problem in that Western Conference because Nikola Jokic isn't going anywhere. You know what I mean? I think that's what they were. The, the The road is going to continue to run through on some level. You know, to the Western Conference Finals, it's going to run through Denver. To the NBA Finals, it's going to run through Denver, uh, Denver rather. And and Nikola Jokic did whatever he wanted to DeAndre Ayton in this series. It wasn't just that you know he's putting up massive point totals. He was, I mean, he had five triple doubles, not in this series, but he's five in the postseason so far. And it, to to be able to make Jock Landell, all due respect to Jock, who you know everybody cashes a check at that level, they're a pro- professional athlete, but to make Landell look like a more viable playoff option than DeAndre Ayton with Ayton's contract, now it's now it's a matter of damaging your trade value if they do decide to try to move on, because apparently some of the body language with Ayton on the sideline during games that he didn't participate in, including last night, uh, was not something that Coach Williams and company loved out in Phoenix. And so it's bad vibes right now for the Suns. You know, the total eclipse of the heart, total eclipse of the Suns, man. We saw it the postseason. He's Michael Rothstein. I'm Randy Scott. We're going to continue our conversation the best and worst NFL games of the season. Continuing our draft of a perfect NFL season if you could just parachute in and see any game every week. So we'll go the best and worst NFL games from weeks 5 through 9. And you can join the conversation see who you agree with. All that after Michael Rothstein has this word from Vivid Seats. 
Here at Kenny and Carlin, we're fired up for the NFL schedule release. Luckily for you, our friends at Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, have great deals on great seats with a huge selection of tickets to this year's hottest matchups. Experience every tackle, every pass, and every heart-pounding play of your favorite team live and in person. For the best selection of 2023 tickets, shop now. Just visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. I mean, honestly, we should have bumped in with some with some go-go music. Get some DC flavor in here. Get some Ben's Chili Bowl in the In our defense. In the chat. Some 930 Club. In our defense, this is Wale. It's from D.C. He's oh, that's a big fair. Washington fan. That's fair. So there we go. Where okay. were you during the break? Man, I have I have interviewed Wale. I have talked to Wale about putting in a bid to buy the then former team name that we don't that we don't say anymore. It's Candy and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel eighty. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. If you hear a smile in my voice, um, it is it is heaven sent. Uh, my name is Randy Scott. He is Mike Rothstein. You can join the conversation, CC call in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Adam Schefter reporting it. Doug Brown, you just heard it with his Sports Center update. The Washington Commanders and a partnership led by Josh Harris have entered into a purchase and sale agreement. Jointly announced today, already have a statement uh, from Dan Snyder and uh, his wife Tiana. Uh, the purchase and sale agreement calls for Josh Harris and the partners to acquire the franchise from the Snyder family. The agreement is subject to NFL approval as well as the satisfaction of customary closing conditions. Um, 
Man, it, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's it, so I, I grew up in the D.C. area. Uh, my mom was a season ticket holder. I had a time for that franchise again under the former name where it was that that meant something. Uh, it was a hard thing to do. It was a hard list to climb. Um, it was a long waiting list. Long. Uh, if you were an opposing fan, you you had a hard time getting tickets because people wanted to go to these games. It, it meant something. That team means something still, but it meant more when they were competitive. And frankly, it meant more before Dan Snyder bought the team, uh, before he put a stink on the team, before he put a stain on the team, before he started charging for parking at practice, before he started charging for parking at training camp, before he moved training camp around, yo-yoed it back and forth, made promises to certain areas and communities that uh, that went unfulfilled. And uh, obviously the more recent, more egregious, um, nefarious things that he's been accused of are, are, are worse than parking. But this is a long time coming. And this is for a franchise that, you know, before the Carolina Panthers were there, Michael, I mean, this was a regional team, if not a nationwide fan base. You know, they were in Super Bowls. So they won three of them. I mean, this yeah. this franchise means something in the National Football League. And there is, you know, hope today as my phone is blowing up with brothers and sisters and cousins and friends like this is a big important day this is a celebratory day for for a fan base that that is looking forward to this day for a long time i grew up in new york i have a lot of friends in dc and i haven't talked to them yet but i would imagine we're busy a little bit on national radio here but (laughs) uh the conversations i've had with them about the washington football team washington commanders for a while now has all been the same thing I can't wait till there's a new owner. I can't because there there was real consternation yeah. of people I knew about rooting for a team that they that they grew up rooting for, that they still had passion for because they just felt like they couldn't support what was going on with the current leadership that's there. Now, it also became pretty clear that the NFL started to feel that way too over the last couple of years and this is a long time coming. And it should be a celebratory day in Washington because Washington needed this on so many levels. I mean, Randy, like you said, you grew up in that area. I've covered the NFL for for over a decade now. This is maybe the start of being able to get a stadium elsewhere, get a stadium closer to the district instead of in the middle of nowhere in Landover, which is hard to get to. And just it's a pain for everybody involved. This starts so many potentially positive things for the Washington football franchise that just were not available to them before because of the ownership involved. Yeah, yeah. This, uh, you know, FedEx Field in, in what was once Ral John, Maryland, and was always, you know, uh, was always Landover, Maryland. Uh, Ral John, the, the names of the sons of uh, the late owner Jack Kent Cook there in D.C., um, you know, when it was a D.C. team, you know, moving from RFK Stadium in the in the shadows of the uh, – the U.S. Capitol, and then moving up to Maryland, and you know it's Landover, and it's just consistently one of the worst stadiums in football. Uh, if yeah. raw sewage leaks, and it's not in Oakland because the Raiders haven't been there in a few seasons, it happens in I mean, Landover, Maryland. If stands collapsed la- two was it yeah. last year, two years ago? Yes, you know, almost yeah. hurt, almost hurt Jalen Hurts. It's like you know, a, I mean, like that, it's you know, it's yes. funny. You drive by the old RFK. I'm sure you've done this. You drive by the old RFK if you're going, say, from DC, like if you're staying in Foggy Bottom or or uh, you know, in Georgetown area, drive, and you have to drive to Landover. You, you drive past the old RFK in, in Anacostia, and I mean that that stadium is, is beat up too. 
But you're like, well, that's the remnants of a great stadium. And then you get to FedEx Field and you're like, man, where, what? No. Like, it's one of the worst stadiums in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to you know, follow. And it's up. hard to get to. And, uh. That's the thing. So my, my uncle used to do this thing where he'd, he'd say a bad thing and then say, but at least it's and then another bad thing. So, <laughs> so, so, you know, the tickets are expensive, but at least the team's awful. Or, or, or the stadium's, the stadium's falling apart, but at least it's hard to get to. Like, that is, that has been this franchise. And you yeah. can change the name. Which, again, a lot of people feel like was another thing that was long overdue. But you can change the name once. You can change it twice. You can try to shine it up and distract and have some sort of carnival barkering where you're talking about, like, pay no attention to the cheerleading scandal. Look over here. We've changed the name. And parking's now free. Like, this is conduct beneath NFL ownership. And I, you know how I know that? Because other NFL owners felt that way. Because other NFL owners spoke up and said something. Jim Ursay among them for the Indianapolis Colts. Like, this is a man who is no longer welcome in his own fraternity. And he was a member of that fraternity since 1999. Okay, came in, Danny Big Bucks, came in, Danny changed the game, you know, Danny Six Flags, the whole thing, and it didn't work. At the beginning, I know because I lived there, at the beginning he was one of us. He was a fan. He was going <laughs> to spend the money, make the moves. You know, Jason Taylor laughs about this man. Jason Taylor came in and t- it admittedly said, I didn't have anything left. And this guy was willing to pay me millions of dollars just to be a name <laughs> on a roster. Running some fantasy football out there. I mean, it's, I'll give you one more thing on that. Because I was, I was covering the Falcons and the Washington Commanders last year. And it was the Sean Taylor game. Oh, yeah. Right? And that, that to me was the last round. That showed you that Daniel Snyder did not care. Or if he did care, it, it just you know the rot at these in these situations comes from the top down in franchises a lot of times. And what they do with the Sean Taylor statue that wasn't even really a statue; it was like a mannequin in a finish line. You know, like yeah, th- that was that was to me that was it. That was the last like you know. Listen, Sean Taylor's family seemed happy that they, he was being honored as well he should. But I'm sorry, like that that to me he is he is a franchise icon, and you know someone who obviously was tragically killed. And that's that's what you do when you look at other stadiums or and other teams, and they they're they're sometimes the statues don't look like the person, but mm-hmm. like they tried. Yeah, this was like they put on a helmet. <laughs> it was like, oh hey, you know, we better like that. Just to me, I remember that I was like, oh man, like if if there was any Washington Commanders fans that were like hopeful, like that yeah. was it. That had to be the last. Try. I want I want to be fair to to to, uh, to Daniel Snyder. I know when Sean Taylor was murdered, when he was killed. In that home invasion, uh, home invasion. I I remember the emotion. I believed that emotion to be real. I know he flew the team down to the services at Florida International, and again, I know that because because I was there. But I uh, I do think there have been some some massive missteps, both PR and otherwise, uh, moving forward since uh, that 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 killing back in uh, in two thousand and uh, and and seven. Um, again, we're following this Washington Commanders story. The uh, the story that uh, the sale is imminent, that Josh Harris has entered into a purchase and sale agreement. Our ESPN Washington Commanders reporter John Kime will join us to discuss the very latest. It's Michael Rothstein, Randy Scott, and for the guys, Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. 
<laughs> Continuing with the Eurovision love, it's Candy and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. He's Michael Rothstein. Loving this. I am Randy Scott. Merely tolerating it. We're presented by. We're presented by. I'm going to convert you yet, Randy Scott. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. That is courtesy of Croatia. Okay, that song is courtesy of Croatia. Entered into Eurovision. Let's get a little closer to home. John Keim joining us. He's our ESPN Washington Commanders reporter. Joining us on the CC call in line eight eight eight. Say ESPN is a phone number. Um, the purchase and sale agreement has been uh, has been entered into here, John, between the commanders and a partnership led by Josh Harris. What does this mean with regard to the actual transfer of power? Maybe a timeline uh, of that, right? Of the transfer of power from the Snyder family now selling the Washington Commanders to this Josh Harris led group. Sure, and obviously this is a significant step in this process, but. It still has to get NFL approval, and then the owners obviously have to will vote on it. Well, the earliest they can vote on it would be, and it's the owners meet May 22nd, 23rd in Minnesota. So that's the earliest it could be voted on and approved, and there's certainly a chance it could be done then. The league has to vet all the limited partners, and that's always something that can take a little bit of time. If, this, if you look at like some of the past sales for example denver last year they agreed to the deal with the walton family in like early june and it wasn't until late july that the league said okay they're going to recommend the owners vote approval for it and they voted in early august this has been an unusual process from the start so the the harris group had submitted their offer to the nfl a couple weeks ago and so i I'm, it seems like some of the vetting process has been ongoing along with trying to reach into this agreement that they've um, come to with the Snyder. So that may speed up the process to get it done in late May, but it's, you know, if they don't, then it could, then it obviously spill into the summer. Hey John. So, I mean, it's considering this particular situation, right? Like other ownership situations have been what they've been, but this one's a little bit different because of all the controversy around Dan Snyder. How, at what point? Where, where are we at? Are we at like the one inch line at this point? Like this is. It feels like there's no way yeah. the NFL would do this and then have not knowing that it was going to get done, right? Right, and you know, so we're we're pretty close to the end here, and you know, but the NFL again, the NFL still has to prove it. And are there some things that they may be concerned about, whether it's from some legal issues or whatever? involving Dan Snyder or anything else. And and again, the vetting process, when you have as many limited partners as they do, and I have to go back and add them up because I had the, I tweeted out the release or the statement that includes all of them. And there's at least a dozen. That's what takes time. It's, and, and, you know, and as I was talking to someone the other day um, who's involved in the Harris group, like, it's not like just because a guy might be worth 6 billion doesn't mean he has two billion in cash sitting at home you know mm-hmm. you do have to do some maneuvering with things so all that t- that all that took some time but i think the vetting process will be something that to go through and making sure the legal issues are sounded off on and then then we would get to a vote we're talking with john keim our espn washington commanders reporter and the term legal issues uh, i think is an appropriate one uh, when you talk about the soon-to-be outgoing ownership group uh, there with the Washington Commanders. When you look back at your time covering this team, and again, Dan Snyder has had control of this team, ownership of this team since 1999. When you look through the course of his stewardship of this franchise, 
what are some highlights, lowlights? Like, what what memories are you going to carry forward with you here from this Dan Snyder era of ownership? Memories are scars. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a great point. You know, I think it's just how the franchise has fallen. That's what, to me, stands out. Like, this was a premier franchise when he took over. And it was his ability to bring in big names, whether it was the Deion Sanders or Bruce Smith or Joe Gibbs as a coach, Mike Shanahan, Marty Schottenheimer. So he could get those big names, but he could never really put together a proper organization. And so I think that always – and when you talk to people for – you know, I've covered his entire reign, so when you talk to people throughout his time here and even people here now – they always felt like his number one flaw was not surrounding himself with, with better people at the top um, consistently. And so that was, to me, that's a hallmark of it. But then, you, again, you look at where that franchise was. When he took over in 99, you're, you're less than a decade removed from three Super Bowl wins, and, or the third, the third of three Super Bowl wins, right? And then you look to where they're at now, and this is, they had to change the name, you know, all these, all these off field issues. This was a fan base that was extremely proud of the product that they rooted for. Now it's one where it's like a lot of people just kind of gave up on them because they couldn't take whether it was the losing or the off field stuff or both. And so with, you know, that, that's what to me was always going to stand out. It's just where it went. I mean, his legacy is going to be that under his leadership, the franchise became less popular with the fan base and they had to change the name. And, and so like, I think what they've needed is a, is a change and the fan base needs a change. I think the NFL needed a change here and that's what they're going to get. All right. So John, if you look now moving forward at, I guess in maybe 25, 30 seconds or less, John, what a change in ownership would mean for this franchise, considering where it once was, how high could the bounce back be for this franchise? Well, I think it's I think it's a it's a distressed property, so to speak, and I think yeah. the bounce back could be pretty high because they're going to get a new stadium at some yeah. point off of this. Okay. I think the fan base is ready to jump back in, and yeah. um, so I think I think the the bounce back is is pretty high, and it's a professional group. This group has run two has run two other pro sports teams. I think they needed that experience as well. Yep. So. You know, I think it's a, they're in a good. I think they're in a much better spot. Appreciate you, John. Much more on this. It's Michael Rothstein, Randy Scott. He's John Keimer, ESPN Washington Commanders reporter, following a historic day for the franchise on Canteen Carlin, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Canteen Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from three to seven Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canteen Carlin, the podcast.